Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. It's your Friday edition. Love the Friday shows. Friday edition of, God, I forgot the name of my podcast, Daily Draft Report. There you go. Their daily dose of prospect information for the NFL Draft brought to you by Campus Canton. Knights player, I'm surprised it's taken me this long to talk about. Zay Flowers, wide receiver, Boston College. He was a senior, five foot nine, 182 pounds. And to bring on my... To bring on my favorite Canadian to talk about <laughs> Zay Flowers, Corey Pereira from Back to Debbie and Campus to Canton. Uh, most people say he's the reasonable, rational side of Back to Debbie. So how are <laughs> you doing, Corey? I'm doing good, man. You know, I'm actually surprised it's taken this long for someone to want to talk about Flowers, too. But honestly, I've, I've been following for a long time. This is going to kind of be like second nature for me. I've always been a little bit higher than it feels like the community's been. But yeah, I'm glad you ended up saving him for me anyways. Yeah, the, it feels like the community's come around. I think it's just he's one of those, another one of those prospects that's just kind of been there forever. Yeah, and is is not sexy. You know, he's definitely not a sexy name. But let, let's get into his profile. Uh, his real name is Xavian, but everybody calls him Zay. Uh, he showed playmaking skills as a freshman with 22 grabs for 341 yards, a couple touchdowns. Also had 27 rushes for 195 yards, which is kind of cool to see. Mm -hmm. um, he was a three-star recruit. Should have actually led to that. Took a big step forward after teaming up with Notre Dame transfer quarterback Phil Jakrovich. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's how I always pronounce it. And in 20... Jesus, my notes are terrible. 2020. He was a first-team All-ACC with 892 yards receiving, nine scores on 56 receptions. Also added another 11 carries in 2021 with Yurkovich injured. His production decreased a little bit, but he still got third-team All-Conference with 44 grabs, 746 yards, five touchdowns. And in 2022, had a, a great season, uh, 78 receptions, 1,077 yards, uh, tied for fifth in the FBS with 12 receiving touchdowns in 12 games, and then had a pretty good combine, too. 4.42, 40-yard dash. Love seeing that. 1.53 split. 35.5 vert and 10.7 broad jump. I don't know. There you go. That's the, the, the breakdown of his profile. I probably should have looked a little bit into the analytics. I'm sure he had a pretty good breakout age there his second year. His dominator rating was probably pretty good that season and, and obviously very good in 2022. So should satisfy the analytic guys. Let's look at the tape. Corey, what skills does Zay Flowers have you think will make him successful in the NFL? Yeah, I think when it comes to Zay, the first thing for me, at least, it, that jumps off the screen is probably his movement skills, which is, which is backed by the pretty good testing like you went over right there. But he honestly, he's got a rare ability to stop on a dime, uh, change directions with ease, very sharp in and out of his breaks, very fluid and twitchy body control. You know, helps him kind of be a menace in the open field. Kind of Kadarius Tony-esque with the ball in his hands in that sense, you know. Um, and, then, you know, he, he was more of a gadget guy earlier in his career, you know, but kind of developed into this true X-type wide receiver for BC throughout his career. You know, playing inside and out, actually running 65% of his routes on the outside through his career so, and running a pretty diverse route tree by the end of his career as well. You know, that type of versatility is going to make him an easy add for a team uh, at the next level, give him ample opportunities to get on the field early. And, you know, and, and despite some issue with, with his hands, which we'll touch on later when we get into some of the negatives, he actually shows some impressive ability down the field to go up and get it uh, despite his shorter size, good, good ball tracking ability. And 
my last comment here, this one is a little bit more narrative based, but this is a guy who's shown me impressive work ethic. You know, a guy who has excelled despite a pretty poor and inconsistent quarterback situation, uh, stuck it out through the four years there when he could have transferred somewhere else. And then even looking at this all-star circuit, when he stuck with his commitment to the Shrine Bowl, when apparently the senior bowl wanted him. So he just comes off as this blue collar, like team oriented guy who's a high character guy, going to make an impact in the locker room as well as on the field. I love that, man. It's yeah. You mentioned the quarterback play at, and, and in the, in the, the intro, I mentioned Phil Yakovich as being his increased production and Phil is still not, not great. Yeah, yeah, not great. And dealt with injuries himself too. I mean, he was pretty yeah, shaky. Yeah. yeah. So he has, he has done this and he has had, you know, solid production that has improved productivity wise. I mean, he took a tiny step back last year, you know, 2021, but it wasn't as far as, you know, it was still a pretty productive year. And his versatility to play inside and outside is what's going to get him on the field. Uh, any team that drafts him is going to find a way to use this guy. Um, I like how he uses route speed, tempo, creates he creates advantages in leverage and separation. He's always working. You see him inside his routes. He's always moving, doing little things. You know, he's not a guy who's just going to run, cut, run. You know, he's doing little subtle things to create separation. Like you mentioned, the ball tracking got a lot better, particularly this year. And he is just nasty competitive at the catch point for a guy his size that has a little bit of um, range issues. Uh, not his catch radius. There you go. Limited by catch, size. Least, it's it's yeah. a little bit limited. Yeah. But he is still crazy competitive at the point. He doesn't care. And then after the catch, um, his movement in space, explosive, dynamic cutting ability to make people miss. Uh, he's a big play threat on top of all this. So he's pretty damn close to complete if you add all that together. So what do you think are things that could hold him back? Yeah, you know, I kind of alluded to it in the last segment. You know, despite some flashes and big grabs down the field, he has showed some pretty inconsistent hands through his career. 10% drop rate uh, over his career. And um, honestly, like, he'll catch a contested dart uh, downfield uh, target in between, like, two defenders. And then he'll drop or, like, double catch a five-yard out route, like, near the line of scrimmage. You know, right. which, which is actually where I noticed him struggle more is on those outbreaking routes towards the sideline. I don't know if that's just a thing for him trying to catch outside his frame like that towards the outside instead of working towards the inside. So maybe that's something um, that he'll need to work on at the next level. Um, but it, it does make me think of it's more of a concentration thing, you know, looking up field a little bit too early, which can, which can hopefully be fixed at the next level. Um, the other big thing here is obviously uh, the size, right? Even though he played outside a majority of his, uh, of his career, um, NFL teams might just view him as more of a slot player, you know, and I, I think that that might be where he's best suited at the next level. Not to say he can't play outside a, a every once in a while, but that might kind of be where he finds a place in the NFL. And then the size also comes off a little bit in the play strength, where he, he's definitely not the kind of player who's going to go through you. He'd rather go around you. Isn't super physical after the catch, you know, or, or finishing plays, picking up those extra yards. And again, the record for wide receivers under 5'10 is pretty shaky, unless you're truly special. You know, your Tyree Kills, your Jalen Waddles, your Tyler Lockett types who have excelled despite their size. So there is some things working against him here, but like you said, there is a pretty complete package here for him to make an impact at the next level. Right. Yeah. The drops is always something that, you know, 24 drops over several seasons, you know, is not particularly ideal. But <laughs> once again, you can, can contribute a little bit of that to quarterback play. But as you yeah. said, the the concentration is things that you typically see with guys his size, not typically, but you see it a lot. Guys his size that have to fight so hard for those you know, extra for the contested catches and stuff. Sometimes on the routine things, they they kind of mm -hmm. struggle a little bit. Um, I have a little bit of little bit of questions about his release package. He didn't really see a lot of press coverage. 
Um, he saw a lot of off coverage, free releases, things like that. So it's things we have to worry about. Uh, once again, if he's used primarily in the slot, it's still not going to be an issue. But if a team wants to try to use him outside, he will definitely have to answer that in the NFL. But you see nothing in the way he plays the game that I would would hint that he would have a problem with it just because of how hard he works and the way he moves. I don't think it'll be an issue. You know, it's yeah. just something we haven't seen, you know, so it's obviously going to be a little bit of a question. And I, other than that, I mean, I, I think the sky's the limit for this kid. Let's look at draft capital real quick. Uh, NFL mock draft database. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of mock draft databases that have them or mock drafts right now have them going in the first round shoot anywhere from 12 to Houston, which I think is a little ambitious. Mm. 15 to Green Bay would be kind of fun. Um, 21 to the Chargers, 25 to the Giants, 29 to the Saints, 23 to the Vikings, 22 to the Ravens, like pretty much any team that you think there that would need a one wide receiver. Are there any of those teams that you'd like to see Zayon? Would he, he'd be like a better fit at or? Yeah, I think, you know, we've went over the versatility here. I think the mm -hmm. fact that he's incredibly versatile means that he could probably fit with any team that kind of needs help at the wide receiver position. You know, whether you're looking at the New York Giants taking over that Sterling Shepard. I know he returned, but I mean, he's a shell of his former self. But if you could take over that Sterling Shepard role over there, um, heading over to Seattle, become the heir apparent to Tyler Lockett. Um, Carolina Panthers who just lost DJM. He could he could be someone who could fit that type of role over there as well. Or even a spot like my Vikings, like you said, who need somebody to compliment Justin Jefferson with Adam Thielen on the way out. He can make a wonderful compliment and a nice yeah. contrast to the bigger body style of Justin Jefferson as well. Yeah, oh, I love that. And then I like the Chargers too. I'd love to see him learn. He's, he's not the same size as Keenan Allen, but I think he has a lot of the same way he plays. You know, like mm -hmm. I can see him learning a lot from Keenan Allen as well, so. And the Vikings would be a, a great, great fit because you know, Osborne would get the other outside slot. You could throw Zay in the middle there. And I think Cousins would use him quite a bit. So, yeah, the Vikings have, a, have a, could build themselves quite a bit there. Uh, they're a very popular landing spot for a lot of wide receivers. Uh, where does where does Zay fall in your rookie rankings then as far as your wide receiver rank? Yeah, so so even as a Zay fan, I'm gonna have to admit that I was pretty surprised that he's receiving this first round first round hype. Like I really didn't think he'd be in the first round conversation. I always had hopes for day mm -hmm. two. Um yeah. and I think some of that is kind of because of his shaky college situation. I mean, I followed this guy since freshman season. Devi analysts were pretty much off this guy almost coming into last year as well. You right. know, and, and this right. is almost yeah. the Devi versus Dynasty thing where I feel like Devi analysts hold the college career against them and dynasty players. Are we just being exposed to him? Love the highlight reel plays. See the, the the explosive athleticism and are like, why aren't we ranking him higher? You know, so it's kind of a battle between going on between those two groups. But I've remained relatively higher on him throughout the process. Um, as of right now, he's coming in at my wide receiver five after moving some things around. Yeah. Some of that is due to guys falling a little bit like Kayshawn and stuff like that. I'm, I'm very apprehensive about what's going on with him. But I feel like wide receiver five is a pretty good spot. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I think he's. You know that that second tier probably. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure who you want to call your first tier anymore. I, I feel like we've analyzed this group, and I've seen anywhere from JSN at one to JSN at five to Zay at two to Zay at twelve. To, I mean, mm -hmm. it's just I feel like this whole group is. Where was I listening? Someone said that this class, this or no, they were talking about the running back class being very capital, and I but I draft capital. But I think the wide receivers are too, you know, that depending on draft capitals, you can see guys moving up from wide receiver three to 10 or, or vice versa, just based on draft landing no. spot. So, yeah. And it's, it's a lot of polarizing guys too. I mean, looking at Boutte yeah. and what the hell's going on with his testing, even looking at Addison who kind of tested a little bit 
less than we would have expected, you know, and Quentin Johnson with some of his problems that have coming to the surface, which that a lot of people are noticing some of the contested catch problems, some of the physical problems that come with, with a player of this size. So there's a lot of guys that are polarizing in this, in this class. Whereas so a guy like Zay kind of feels safe, maybe not the intense ceiling of some of the guys here, but he right. feels like he has a relatively high floor. Oh, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Uh, do you have a player comp for him? Yeah, I think I really like the Tyler Lockett comp. I think it matches up well with him uh, from the testing. I mean, if you look at their testing numbers, they're almost the exact same. They're measurables, like within a pound of each other, within a couple inches, like half an inch of each other. I mean, very similar uh, similar skill set as well. I think that's the upside comp for him if he could become that. That, that. that would be your dream if you're taking him in the first round, right? I think there's a chance you know, on the downside that he could be more of like a Curtis Samuel type who, you know, excels with some manufactured touches is more of a complimentary wide receiver, a wide receiver two or three for a team. I think there's that downside there as well, but still, I I, I think it's a, it, in that range of outcomes, I still feel like the floor is pretty. Yeah. I, I love the locket one. Actually, I think that's probably more where, where I would put him at. I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't see him quite as Samuel. So I, I like that. All right, Corey, thank you very much. As always, it's always good to talk to you, man. Um, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and find what you're working on. Yeah, you can find me at FF underscore guitarist on Twitter. You can always find me every week, Tuesday nights, uh, or sorry, Wednesday mornings, Tuesday nights is when I record, the Back to Debbie podcast on the Campus Canton feed with my co-host, Mike Valerie. I'm constantly trying to bring you uh, new and insightful content during the offseason, which is sometimes a, a tough task, but we're trying our hardest over there and you can always find my work over at campus Canton as well. Article work. Um, we're putting our Dwight is part of this team as well, but we're putting our foot uh, down to the pedal on this Debbie guide right now, trying to finish it up yep. for that May one release date. So uh, yeah, a lot of things going on over there right now. And if you haven't become a member at campus Canton yet, now's your time to do so. Oh, absolutely. Things are ramping up. Uh, like you said, the Debbie guide's coming out and make sure you check out back to Debbie. It's one of the, uh, I, I listen to a lot of Debbie podcasts and they definitely have a, a different way of seeing things and a different some of their shows cover different things that i i wouldn't have thought of as someone who's created my own debbie shows for probably five years now so you guys definitely seem like you think outside of the box and do some different things give everybody a different outlook and you guys work really well with, with each other that so make sure you check that out um if you have and you will have to handle bad mike's bad jokes so yeah yeah other than that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, that's, that's an it's an extra thing i bring to the team you know just dealing with mike on a daily basis <laughs> oh yeah i love him but <laughs> all right you can find me on twitter ff people's champ this podcast daily draft rprt thank you all very much for listening have a fantastic weekend have a great easter we'll talk to you monday 